This is the Church Collective Podcast. In this episode, myself and Chris had the opportunity to talk to Joth Hunt from Planet Shakers about their Christmas album and just about vocal health. We even got a tour of their studio. So if you are listening to this, make sure to head over to our YouTube channel. We have a bunch of clips of uh, their studio and just he's walking through and we get to meet some of their team. And this is just a really, really fun episode. So here we go with the Church Collective Podcast. Well, obviously it's been a challenging season for everyone in terms of COVID. Thankfully in Melbourne where we're at, it's just starting to ease up so we've we've actually been without a COVID case for like four five weeks straight now which is amazing um but but prior to that we were in a crazy lockdown so um like you know literally no one in church like no gatherings of five people was all you're allowed so so that's been really challenging for us creatively to try and because you know if if anyone who knows planet shakers we're, we're all about big energy and you know big team big lights big sound try to you know to go all out so to to be thrown the challenge of the restrictions of having five people <clears throat> it just pushed us to be real creative so you know where we'd normally have dancers on stage we 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 were uh, zooming them in and putting them on the led screen behind us so it still felt like a big group of people but um you know so life gives you lemons make lemonade right so we just started <laughs> doing some different creative things that we've never done before um, but thankfully now, like as of last Sunday, they just lifted the bands so we can literally fit a thousand people back in the room now, which is going to be amazing. Oh, wow. um, like I, I just miss hearing people sing in church, you know, and all that. Because um, <laughs> when you're doing it to an empty auditorium, it's, it's, you know, it's challenging. But that's, right. we've just released um, a couple of albums as the church. We released our uh, Planet Shakers album uh, a month ago called Over It All, which is a studio album because we can't do a live recording at the moment. Um, and then we released, we just released a Christmas album too, which we recorded last Christmas live. So that's a live Christmas album, which is cool. So yeah, everyone, a lot of other staff positions in our church have been not as busy, but I've been definitely as busy as ever. Right. Yeah. I know the worship and creative people kind of went in full blast while the, I don't know, we'll yeah. say the youth guys didn't have a whole lot going on while we're all just like scrambling yeah. as much as we possibly could. Yeah. So yeah. you said this, this is the first week that you guys are going to be like officially back. Like, so before that, you yeah, well, it's, so it, this... <laughs> it was in, it was in stages. So like we, okay. we were at, about a month ago, we were allowed 20 people. So we, our, our room fits 2000 people. So having 20 <laughs> people was quite funny. And then, right. and then it went from there to 150 people. So last week we had 150 people, but then we found out that that same day that the next week we've, it's open to a thousand. So it's still not full, but you know, a thousand people will feel a lot better than anything else we've had. Yeah. So. Talk a little bit about the, the Christmas album you guys did last year. Like what's going on with that one? Yeah. So it started a few years ago. Like I, we did a couple of Christmas EPs and yeah. I really always had on my heart to um, take the classic Christmas carols and keep the melody exactly the same, but just put some really crazy arrangements underneath and some yeah. really like you know, fresh modern sounding, you know, arrangements. Um, so it, it's, just, it's just a lot of fun. And, and because there's certain guidelines that we have to follow when we're doing a praise and worship song to make it congregational. But, but with the Christmas stuff, I just felt like all the restrictions were off and I just went for it and was super creative. And so yeah. we, we basically released uh, three EPs or two EPs and then a full album studio. But then we, we basically did that whole thing live at church last year at Christmas time. And we just thought at last second, oh, let's just press record and see what happens. Um, and so we recorded it and, you know, recorded it with some cameras too. And it came out so good. So we've just released it as a live album, which is basically the studio album, but a live version of it. And yeah. we've also released the, um, the musical feature on Amazon Prime as well, which is cool. Oh. So you can watch it yeah. there. That's really neat. Now, those of you that are listening um, or watching that you haven't listened to their Christmas album, you really need to. At my church, we did your guys' version of Hark uh, last year for oh, our yeah. Christmas program. And that was like, it's cool to hear you say like you wanted to keep the melody accessible because that was like literally the comment we got from like all ages was like, wow, yeah. it was crazy, but I could sing it just fine. And I was like, that's, exactly. that's really cool. Like cool to hear like exactly. mission accomplished, I guess, over here for that one. Yeah, that, that's awesome to hear. Thank you. Yeah. What are you guys doing uh, this year? Did you, did you, had you planned just in case it opened up or are you having to scramble? You know, what's going on? Yeah, interesting. Like we, I think we were, like we've been doing. You know, when I just said how we had 150 people, like we were doing six services on a Sunday just to try and get people through the doors. So we knew that we were at least going to have 150 people. So we, we were planning to do a carols event, uh, but now we don't have to do 150 per service. So we're going to do four services, and we're we're still planning a cool carol 
event. But this year, instead of just doing pure Christmas carols, we're going to do some medleys of like praise and worship songs interweaved between the, the carols. So I've even done like a few mashups. So over one of our praise songs, we actually come in with Heart the Herald Angels Sing. So it's, it's, a, it's a creative um, yeah, progression of what we've done in the past, which is cool. When did you find out like everything was, the restrictions were going to be lifted? Well, the, the last step we just found out last Sunday. So we, we found out then that it's going to be open to a thousand people this coming Sunday. So on the 20th of December, so it's in two weeks time, we're going to, that's when we're doing the Christmas event. So yeah, we are scrambling to a degree, getting everything ready, but thank God, like all of our arrangements are already done. So it's just a matter of pulling everyone together and getting in the headspace. What do, what do you guys, like, as, as a church, is there, are there things that you've finally kind of let go of, you know, because of COVID that you're just like, okay, things are going to be different going forward? Not really. No, I mean, we've obviously we've, we've battled through all the restrictions, but we, like, we're really strong on returning to what we believe is the normal here. Everyone throws around this term COVID normal in Australia. I don't know what it's like over there in the States, but like, we, we're not agreeing with that COVID normal. Like, we, we believe that we can go back to the same power, the same uh, life, the same gatherings that we, we had before. Um, and you know, it might take some time to get there, but we, that's what we're believing. So we, we haven't let anything go. I think it's just pushed us to be more creative in, in ways and, and find new solutions for things. Yeah. That's cool. So, um, you said the restriction is just a thousand. Yeah. Well, basically it's, it's one to two square meters, one person to two square meters. So okay. our room size is about 2000 square meters. So you can fit a ah. thousand people in. Okay, so it's based on the room size. Correct. Have you guys done um, any outdoor stuff? We haven't because the outdoor gatherings as well have been pretty, like not that much better than indoor gatherings in terms of the numbers we've been allocated. So um, like we, I did think it would be awesome to do an outdoor carol event, but I think it's, it would be pretty hard to police the numbers because like as soon as you do something outside, everyone just flocks in and, and then we'll be over it. So there is still limits on the numbers outside as well. Going back to the album, um, like, what, what's your role in everything? Are you are you producing it? Yeah, yep. I, I basically project project manage, produce, record it, mix it, um, and I just get mastered somewhere else. But I do all the arranging in here. Basically, everything you hear is done in in this room. Cool. Are are you um, part of the writing rooms and stuff, or have, did yep. you bring in writers? Uh, no, we, we do it all in-house here. Um, like the, the Christmas album itself, I've just arranged the whole thing. Um, there's probably a group of three or four of us, uh, Planet Shakers, are main writers who, who write all the songs for uh, the, the present worship songs in the album as well. So, yeah. Could you um, maybe speak a little bit? I know uh, you guys are looked to for being able to have just a lot of really good music. And I know a lot of our listeners might be just trying to get a little insight in like, how, what's your guys' writing process look like? Like, how do you, this is the volume and that you guys are able to produce. Like, how do you guys pull that off? Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, it's obviously different for everyone. For me personally, I, um, it, it either comes two ways. I either go to chase after to write a song or the inspiration comes to me. I don't think there's a better way. Like they're both good, you know, there's ways, some ways you've got to seek God for something and some ways God just speaks to you. And so probably half the songs have been one way, half the songs have been another way. I, I feel like it, what I do want to do here in Planet Shakers is come into agreement with what's going on in our church. So Pastor Russell, who's our senior pastor, if he's preaching about something, I want to come into agreement with that um, and honor that word that he's speaking and write songs about that theme. Um, and you know, when that, that song that I write might not go great in other churches, but for us in our church, cause that's the theme that's going on in our church is so powerful. You know, when he preaches a message about a certain topic and then we sing about that topic at the end in the ministry time, it's just extra powerful. So, uh, we, we like to really write songs with what God is doing here in our church. Uh, but then also we, we just don't want to write cool songs. We, we really want God to anoint the songs we're writing, um, uh, because, you know, it, it's interesting when I look over the, the, the course of my songwriting history, um, there's some songs I didn't think God would necessarily breathe on like he did. So look, the biggest song that I'm, that I've probably written is nothing is impossible. 
Um, and when I wrote that, that was probably the quickest song I ever wrote. But I, I actually wrote that in, in honour of Pastor Russell because he said to us songwriters on a Friday before church on Sunday, he goes, oh, I need a song about faith. You know, we've got lots of songs about faith, but you go on a new fresh song about faith. And so some of us went away and I went away and just started reading some scriptures about faith and then literally wrote that song in 30 minutes. And it's so funny, isn't it? That the song I wrote in 30 minutes has become the biggest, <laughs> one of my biggest songs. Right. Um, so you just, you just never know. But I really believe because I honoured that word, the, the past Russell was wanting God honoured that. And he's used that song to stir a lot of faith in people, which is awesome. Uh, yeah. But other guys, you know, some of the, like Pastor Sam, who's Pastor Russell's wife, um, she's a songwriter too, but she doesn't necessarily, well, she can't really play an instrument. So she will just have ideas in her head and she'll come and collaborate with myself and we'll, we'll work that together. Uh, our, our drummer, Andy Harrison, who's also our youth pastor, he's a super creative guy and he'll come in with ideas as well and I'll help develop them. But any song that we basically finish, we'll always do like a full quality demo here um, before it even goes out to the church. And sometimes we'll turn that demo around in a day really quick. So then every, every person on the team knows their part and we come together on a Sunday morning and, and it basically sounds, it sounds great because we don't have a, a, like a Thursday night rehearsal or anything like that here. Sure. So in a lot of cases, we'll finish the demo on a Saturday and send it out and the team learn it by ear now. Um, and then come Sunday morning and we just play it all together and it's, and, it, wow. and it's a great fit, which sounds crazy, but that's the culture in our team now, which is awesome. Right. I was going to say, does it have the really crazy baseline in a day sometimes too? Absolutely. That's <laughs> <Yep>. awesome. <laughs> That's so awesome. So, I, I mean, I was going to ask, like, what's the, I, lo I love the idea of being able to write songs that help, like, thematically catch with what's going on with the pastor. You said you got told on Friday that Sunday they were going to, like, do nothing is impossible. Is that the norm, or are there sometimes where you guys get a little more runway for that? Well, we, we do definitely live in a last-minute prophetic word, in a good way, kind True. of environment. Um, and, and that really challenges us. We have many conversations about this because it, it really challenges us as a creative team. So, you know, for instance, we might know that Pastor Russell's preaching about, I don't know, uh, faith on the weekend. But then at the last minute, he might, and he's got all his scriptures loaded into the system, but then at the last minute, he might change his sermon to something else. Yeah, and that's where you've got to have a good attitude because that, that can really, <laughs> you know, rile yeah. up some people in the wrong way. But we, we understand, though, that the, the power of the prophetic word and, 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 and the now word of the Lord. And we always want to stay open to listen to, you know, what Holy Spirit's leading. And that, that translates into our worship reading, too. We don't just want to have our locked-in set list. That's what we decided at the start of the week. That's what we practice. So we're not changing. You know, we'll, we'll roll with the plan, but the way we still want to be have an ear open to Holy Spirit to see where he's leading. Because, you know, we, we don't want to just have our own agenda. Uh, God sometimes speaks. We want to make sure we listen to that. And so that, that has got us used to that in songwriting as well, in terms of always just being open and, and ready for the now word of the Lord. Um, but then we'll also have like a year, a theme for the year as well. And so there's no, you know, so for instance, last year's theme was um, breakthrough and glory. So, you know, there was no rush really to write a song about breakthrough. We had the whole year just to think about those kind of songs. Yeah. Do you have any, um, I mean, what, what I'm hearing in there, especially like if you've got your bass player that can come, everybody's ready to like act quickly could you maybe give some advice to somebody that wants to be able to move like that? Um, what kind of preparation can they do both spiritually and musically like to, to prepare themselves to be able to, because it's the 10,000 hours thing that you're able to do it so quickly. Like there's, yep. there's preparation in that. So can you maybe talk to that a little bit? Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, you've already got to be at a certain level of skill to be able to do that. So if you're not at that skill, you've just got to practice, practice, practice. But then when you do get to that skill, it's, a, it's really an, an ear, a listening ear thing and listening to your part in the demo and, and playing that part exactly as it is. And really, like I always joke around with bass players. I say they've only got one note to play. So it can't be that hard, you know, <laughs> just play your one. Uh, I'm only kidding though. We do have some more complex <laughs> bass lines. Um, but it's really just yeah, learning your part, not getting overwhelmed with the whole sound of everything, but just playing your part. And, and really when, when we have sometimes musicians that, feel like they need to have their creative outlet and do what they want to do. That's where the sound starts to fall apart. You know, we've got to have that discipline to play the part that is on the demo or the, or the, or the album song. And it, cause as we come together, it's just like those puzzle pieces, you know, we need to keep our piece the same. Um, but we also, we, you know, with, with drummers, you know, drum fills and all those, yeah, that's where you have your creative outlet. But in terms of playing the patterns, I'm pretty strict as a music director on getting everyone to play the same parts. Um, but yeah, it, look, it comes with practice. So I would encourage the people who want to do that, just keep training your ear to listen to those exact parts as they are. And 
you know, it might be a big step to throw yourself in the deep end and learn a whole praise song, but you could start by just doing a chorus, you know. So, like, why don't, you know, let's let's learn this, send a chorus out on the Friday or Saturday. Hey, guys, I want to sing this chorus on a Sunday. Please come knowing it. And really, the culture in our team is now at a place where if you come not knowing it, then you look like the bad guy and you've let the team down. So it's it really does, it's a positive culture in the fact of, come on, let's all come prepared and, and do this. And then, of course, spiritually, you know, it's it's a, I was going to say it's a no-brainer, but it's not. Like for us, it's it's just all about that, you know, that that everything else is secondary to coming prepared with your heart and your spirit to what God is going to do that day. We encourage our team, you know, even though you might not be the one on the mic leading, you've got to prepare as though you are. So you carry that spirit of authority and breakthrough, um, even though you might be back there on a BV mic or back there on a guitar playing. You're not just a musician. You're there to lead people as well. Everyone on stage is a worship leader. As a producer, um, what secular artists or producers do you look to for inspiration? I mean, I don't condone these people, but I do love um, what Zed produces, like the sounds of Zed. He's a secular artist, Z-E-D-D, or Z-E-D-D, you guys call it. Um, I love anything that's produced that just sounds amazing. Like, I do like, I like all genres. I don't love country, but some country is good. But I, I generally like all genres um, if they sound amazing. I was listening to, obviously the song is awesome. It needs to be awesome. But I'm always listening to the production of the song. Yeah. And so if they've been interesting with different sounds and like that kind of stuff, um, I, I enjoy that. But yeah, anything in the top 40 that's produced well is what I enjoy listening to from a sonic point of view. Do you, um, do you watch like, YouTube's like Pensado's place or like, do you get into I, that? I did. I, I started watching that. Um, like I, I, when it first came out actually, and I, I learned lots from that because I do all the mixing here and I never went to college to do all this. I just sort of learned it by ear, been doing it since I was 14 years old. Um, so I was always just hungry to learn off all those kinds of things. Um, but I'm at the point now where I know what I'm doing technically, but when I watch things like Pensado's place, it definitely just inspires creativity. It helps me think outside the box for sure. Yeah. Um, I don't know if your if your phone's like connected, like being charged or like, what would you think about giving us like a mini studio tour? Yeah, I can for sure. I'll take this off the stand. I'm, yeah. Like, trying to look in the background, like see what she got. It's also so much candy in there. I'll, um, I'll flip the camera so you can see. So yeah, this is, this is our, I'll take you from the corridor so you can see the whole thing. Yeah. There's a bit of mess going on here. We just actually, fixed up our broadcast room which this is our or we're in the middle of renovating it so this is where we live mix church and then like planet we've done a lot of albums at planet shakers so you can see we've lined the walls with all our albums from all over the years can you see this all right yeah yeah and this yeah. is my studio this were there's my big guitar wall some of the guitars anyway. So in here, we've got a vocal booth. There's some of my amps. And this is where we do all the stuff there. I've got that new Mac last year, so that's been working great. Um, so on here is Pro Tools. I've got this little uh, Pro One desk here, which basically gives me uh, pre-amps and the ins and outs for the um, system. And in there, we've got the drum room, which I'll show you. Well, I won't show you the code. Everything's double root. Like we built all these studios ourselves, so everything's double walled, double floored. So this is where we record drums. And this is called a drumbrella, like an umbrella, but for drums, drumbrella, um, which is connected to a motor. Um, and you can lower that right over the kit or take it up higher to change the acoustics of the room. So that's where we, we don't often do a lot of studio recording in drums because a lot of Planet Shaker stuff is predominantly live recordings but when we do like the Christmas album that's this is where we do it and then in here we've got uh Josh's studio this is Zach one of the guys in our team hi Zach how's it going Josh bought Josh is our bass player the guy with the beard so he works in here he bought like 3,000 stickers off eBay <laughs> and covered the wall in stickers so he's a bit crazy like that and then also he's got a vocal booth there and another um machine room over there and then in here which i'll just turn a light on 
if I can find lights. No, I can't find lights. But we've got a film studio in there. So, wow. That's basically it. What's your um? What's your personal vocal chain like? Like mic, pre, um, compressor. You know, what do you what do you prefer? Well, I I always record straight in, um, just raw. So no no, I don't go through a, a an outboard compressor or anything like that. Just in through the the Pro One there. Um, then I start with a EQ just to roll off a bit of low end, and then I go into a CLA seventy six which is like the 1176 Chris Lodowge's version. Yeah. Um, and there's a setting on there, a, a, a preset called In Your Face Vocal. And like for our style of music, it's so energetic. Like that just sums up what we want. We want the vocals to be right up in your face. So oh. I always love, that's a go-to preset for me. And then after that, I put a plugin called Butch Vig Vocals. It's a signature Butch Vig plugin from Waves. Yeah. Um, and that for me is just a game changer in terms of getting a vocal out the front of the mix. So, and then so and that's compressing as well and EQing and a bit of saturation all that sort of stuff and then I'll use the DSer, the Waves DSer. Um, and then recently I've been putting on a plugin called Supercharger which is like a saturation plugin um, which again it really compresses and squashes everything um, and just brings out the energy and then I'll I find that I need to DS a little bit more after that as well so I'll put another DSer on after that but that usually gives me the, the sound I'm after in terms of an energetic sound that you can sit on top of anything and it sounds clear and punchy. What mic are you using? This one here, which is the, it's a manly reference mic. Okay. Which is a, is it's the bee's knees. It's a beautiful mic. We got it from Avoiding America actually. One? Say again. Is that the gold one? It's the gold one. Yeah. We've got the cardioid one in the other room as well, which is like the gray color one. Um, but we've got the gold one in here. Wow. Are you, um, um, I don't know how to say it, like recently everybody's consuming their music on, you know, phones, laptops, you know, um, computers. Um, are you conscious of that? Are you, have you like changed your mixes since things have gone that way? As in terms of like them listening on little speakers, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Like are, are yeah, you? To, to a degree. Like a lot of our music is yeah, a lot of our music is dance music, so it's got a lot of bottom end in it. Yeah. Um, which you can't hear as much. So like I will do you know, I turn the sub off and I have a listen on just the top boxes and a lot of the sub frequencies I find myself saturating them, adding some distortion to those sub frequencies so you can hear them on iPod headphones and stuff like that. So yeah, the bottom end I definitely pay attention to in that way. But the top end I feel like if it sounds good here, it's gonna sound good on on, on the phone or a laptop speaker. Yeah. Are you, um, you're like your Sunday services. Are you live, like streaming live as well? Correct. Yeah. That room I showed you at the start there, that's where we, we do the broadcast mix for all the live Sunday services. Cool. So are you using like, are you using the same vocal chain? Like are you using all your waves plugins when you're doing live? No, they're not. They, they, I think they're, they're looking into doing some more plugin stuff, but at the moment is literally all off the board. Like they're mixing front of house on a waves on a, uh, they're on a Pro X, I think, out there, or Pro 12 or something like that. Oh, cool. But yeah, just using all the inboard stuff. Sorry, Ryan. I just like went down that. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. That was a great tour. Um, I'd love to hear, like, as a church, what what do you what's God been really like teaching you guys in this season, and kind of coming out now that you're like ramping back in? I know, like you said COVID normal, like whatever the new norm or all, like everything's always yeah. throwing, everybody's all throwing that around. I'd love to kind yeah. of hear just if you guys are wanting to get back into that, has it been just like, you know what, we're just going to wait through Like, I guess what, just talk about the process yeah. a little bit, what, what it's been like. Oh, it's, look, it's such a challenge. Like we, we believe, you know, meet God's people meeting together is priority and it's, well, I don't want to get myself in trouble, but you know, you're like, <laughs> You look at you look at Jesus and G, the life of Jesus. He went he went up to the lepers at the time and he laid hands on them and and saw them healed. You know what I mean? Sure. And so that and we're called to be like Jesus. So that that tells us that we should shouldn't be living in fear. Um, we have the power to overcome all sickness. Um, and so there's that tension of going. In, in my faith, I believe that God's given me that power. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get sick. If I do, it's not gonna end in death. I'm okay. 
God's God's in control. Um, but then at the same breath, you got to honour honour your leaders in government, and it's that fine line of 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 still being who we are as Christians and honouring the government, and and just and discerning okay what is contradicting the word of God here, what isn't. Um, so it's it's it's, a, it's been a big challenge because it's like we we really want people to come back together, but we want to honour the government and what what they're telling us to do. Um, so we have we have done that. We've honoured the government, and we've we've whenever whatever they've given us the parameters of an outline, we have worked within that, but we've milked it. So like if they said we're going to have 150 people, then we just do as many services as we can of 150 people. Sure. And so we're trying to be smart because, you know, we're honouring them, but we do believe we want to get as many people back to church as possible. Funny enough, the theme of this year was acceleration. That was the prophetic word that Pastor Russell gave us. And so when <laughs> things started to lock down, we were like, are you sure? <laughs> Definitely acceleration. <laughs> it wasn't like the opposite of a, like putting the brakes on. But, you know, it's been so crazy. People who have come into agreement with that word um, is just been phenomenal. Like we're seeing so many testimonies, and even for me personally, like I, I was able to purchase a house um, in, this, in this area that we live in, which for an amazing price, because um, we were renting. And basically the, our repayments on the house purchase are even less than what they were on us renting in the same area. And we get to own a house. And so think, and it happened all so fast. So. You know, even in this crazy time, we've still seen God do amazing miracles and testimonies like that. And so right up to the end of this year, we're just, we're still standing on that word of acceleration and we feel like we are living in it, even throughout all the crazy challenges. Um, we're just getting people back together. And, and I really feel, which, you know, you guys might feel this too in America, but I think people unfortunately have, are starting to, when you do something long enough, you, you fall into the, the trap and the the pattern of it and so i think people are getting a bit comfortable sitting at home watching church on tv you know it's turning into spectatoring not participating um and so we've really got to try and pray and and break that off people get them back into participating in church coming along to church you know not just sitting at home watching church on tv um but because there's power in gathering together as god's people yeah that's great i'd love to hear um what, what do you do to maintain balance with just doing work and family and, and on all that, like what's your, what's your week look like and how do you make sure you're still, you know, spiritually and emotionally healthy and yeah. able to pour out as much as you are? It's, 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 it's funny. We get asked that question a lot when we go around yeah. the world on tours and stuff, how do you balance home life and church life and right, family right. life? And, and for us, it's, it's all one, to be honest. Like we don't have a segmented time here for family. Like we do it all together, you know, so my family's so involved with church. We're always here together. Obviously, they don't get to come on tours when we travel around the world, um, which is a foreign thought now. <laughs> what is what is touring? What is getting right. on a plane? Um, but yeah, and, and it's really the attitude of we're all in this together. And, and I think when you have that heart that you're all in it together, it really does help the, the attitudes. Because so if I have to go off on a tour, my wife doesn't get bitter about it. She's like, you know, she's, she believes in the power of it and sends me out and, and blesses me for it. So in terms of a balance, we're just, we're just all in and we're doing this all the time. Um, of course, we need time for family dedicated at home and, and we try to do that. We always, I always have Mondays off. That's a no-brainer. Nothing ever gets planned on a Mondays. I think as, as long as you, for me personally, I can have a crazy busy week and do so much, but as long as I have that one day off, you know, which is significant. It's like God talks about having that day of rest. So yeah. I think I feel like it, all, it all works out if you get that one day. So you're you're known as having like amazing vocals. What do you like? Do you first off, what's your background like vocally? Is it natural or did you did you train? And then what do you do to like keep it up? Well, no, it definitely wasn't. Well, I think I'm an, I think I'm naturally gifted as a singer, but I never never thought so, and I never realized it. I was always the musician who just played keyboard and guitar and never sung. And then it got to the point in my old church that I grew up in, um, I was playing in kids' church and I just had to sing one day because I needed to lead the kids in a song. And so I started singing and I didn't, I didn't like it. I didn't want to sing, but I realised I needed to do it to lead everyone. So I, I just did it. But I always considered myself probably up until the age of 24 or 25, which is, I'm 34 now, so like 10 years ago, um, I, I still didn't consider myself a singer at all. I, I was just thought I was a musician who sung because I had to sing. Wow. And then, and it was so, and it probably boiled down to a confidence thing. I was confident as a musician, 
and I was confident as a person. I just didn't think I had amazing ability to sing. Um, but then it got to the point, and I, I was actually in America on tour, and we stopped by Nashville, and and I got a lesson, a singing lesson with a guy called Brett Manning. I don't know if anyone knows who, who he is, but yeah. he's a great vocal coach, and and you know taught a lot of um, people how to sing amazing. And up until that point, I didn't even know how to sing with with vibrato, and like I just didn't have the ability, didn't know how to do it. Um, always thought the best singers can do it, but I can't do it. And so it was, you know, it was all in my mind. But anyways, it was sitting down with him within an hour, he had me singing with vibrato. Um, and so now I can, I, and because I learned it in that way, I can turn it on and off. You know, some singers sing with vibrato, they can't control it. But now the best singers can control it. And so I, he taught me how to control it and, and, and turn it on and off when I want to use it. And he, and he basically, he was very encouraging. He said, do you realize the voice that you have? And I said, no, I don't. Like I've got the recording of it. It's quite interesting to listen to. And, and hearing him put confidence in me too, just went, okay, God, you have given me this, this gift. And I went away from that so encouraged. Isn't it amazing? Just one, like one person's encouragement really helped bring revelation. And I, and then I went away from there and just developed and got better and better. I think confidence is such a big part of it. You know, just being confident as you sing out. Um, and then I've, I think too, my, like I've got a higher voice too. So just expanding that and singing strong up high um, is something I've worked on as well over the years. Um, but yeah, it's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting journey that I've been on because I never thought I was a singer. And um, now, now I probably do consider myself a singer. <laughs> Do you like, do you try to take care of your voice or, or just whatever, or, you know, are, are you doing <laughs> ups daily stuff? What do you do? Yeah. I, I mean, I don't do daily, but I, I definitely try to warm up before we, we start something. It, it's, it's a hard one because you know, the style, again, if you haven't heard plan shakers, we're very energetic and a lot of shouting and passion and, and, and that in itself is not good for your voice. Right. There's no real good way to really, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, unless you get into musical theater, which we don't want to do that. So it's, it's for us, it's a, it's a fine line of, yeah, looking after yourself, but then not, not being so boxed in that you're not going to let that passion out, you know? So we want to let our passion out. And, and as a praise leader, like, I feel like you still have to go that next level of energy. Like if you want to see everyone going for it, you've got to be one step above them in terms of energy. And so, yeah, it is, it is tough on the voice, but we, we do our best in, in warming up, walking down and, and drinking, you know, the right drinks and all that sort of stuff. Do you try to push yourself to go higher every year? <laughs> no, I think I've, but do you mean in my range? Yeah. Like, are you, are you, con are you like consciously working on your range or? No, I'm not consciously working on my range. I, I think, I think I can sing high enough. Um, <laughs> it sounds funny. But you know, like, like a lot of the girls, I, I can sing as high as them in a in a full voice. So <laughs> I don't I don't feel the need to go any higher, to be honest. Wow! Like, do do you have any concept of like how what what it what is it about like your head that allows you to to do that? Oh, I think it's just it's just a physical makeup, to be honest. I think like I didn't I don't think I got some special power that enables me to sing high. I think my voice is just geared that way. Um, some people have better range than others. Some people have bigger muscles than others. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just yeah. the way it is. I mean, you can, in saying that though, you can, you can develop your range, of course. Yeah. Um, but it's something that I, I mean, I haven't necessarily developed to sing higher, but I've probably developed just the strength and control. Yeah. For me, it's about control. Like when I listen back to early recordings of my voice, it, I could, I could still sing higher, but it just wasn't like really strong and, and controlled. Um, and I think that's what makes a great singer too. When you feel at ease, when you listen to them, you know, they've just got that pitch, right. They're singing strong and, and then they're in control of their voice. Yeah. What, uh, change of subject. What does your uh, guitar rig look like these days? I'm using a, a Helix, um, HX stomp actually, which is like the little, it's like a line six Helix, but in a little pedal. Yeah. Um, so I'm not using any amps. I, 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 I do full circles. I go full analog pedals. I go amps and then I go back to just digital. And I, I always find myself probably enjoying the digital a bit more because of when we do tour, you know, you never know what you're going to get gear wise in different locations around the world. So using, you know, something digital that's going to give me the same sound anywhere I go is, is a go-to. 
But then I've got a couple of, I've got the Strymon Big Sky and, um, and the delay, the timeline pedals with it and another compressor. So I've got that all hooked up together, um, which, which is working good for me. It, it, um, I know some guys put the HX stomp before their Strymon pedals and some put them after. What, like, how do you have it? How do you have it? I've got the Big Sky through the effects loop. Okay. Um, so I can, so I add that into the sound for the worship stuff. And then I've got the timeline right at the end of everything. Okay. So the timeline is the, the last thing of your, in your chain. Correct. And so what do you, do you just come out like two, two lines into two DIs? Yes, exactly. Oh, I've cool. do, well, I've just got some balanced, um, microphone cables, uh, guitar jack to mic cable connections. So they don't even need to go through DIs. They just go straight into the system. Oh, okay. That's cool. And what guitar yeah. are you playing lately? The current one that's actually out there on the stage is the, it's a Duesenberg Star Player Classic TV. So that's mm. I, I'm loving that. It's it's got a real it's a it's got a real good rock sound, but then for worship too, that real warm, beautiful tone as well. Um, so yeah, that's that's been my go-to for the last twelve months, I think. Nice. When you guys are playing, um, like, is, is there a difference between like your Sunday? Uh, approach versus like when you're on tour like as far as like production tracks like who's running tracks and how free things are not really i mean we on tour we we do older songs because you know a lot of like fans want to hear some older songs so we will we'll have typically have like a, a 120 minute concert kind of style set that we do um but in terms of the feel of it all it's, it, it feels exactly what it feels like here at church Oh, the same energy, same passion, the same guys play, play triggering tracks. Um, yeah, no, it's, we we try to we try not to have one thing over here and one thing over here. We try to have the same spirit throughout everything that we're doing. Yeah. So, um, are you controlling the tracks in the way that you could like loop sections or kind of go in and out of it, and and or, or are you more like stuck to the form? We well, we, we typically do the form pretty much to the end of the song. Um, and in some cases, I've got Josh, who, a bass player, he's the one who runs Ableton, to loop sections if we want to go back and do like a dance break or something like that. Yeah. Uh, but but typically, if, like if we're free flowing in worship, we don't use the tracks. We just all go live. Um, like we don't want to be restricted by the tracks at all. So we will, but we understand that they are keeping things together as well. You know, with visuals and everything's running off tr tracks and time code now. So we will use the tracks for the majority of the song. Um, unless we feel God say, you know, I want you to stop the track here and take it. Well, there's been meetings that I've stopped the track halfway through a praise song and, and broken it down and done something different because I felt, you know, led to do that. Mm -hmm. But typically we'll do the whole song with the tracks and then have some fun after with it. Do you have any tips? I, I see this debate all, all the time about um, like going back and forth between the tracks and no tracks. Do you have any tips for making it not sound like everything dropped out when you, when the tracks stop and, and you're just yeah. using instruments on stage. Well, it all comes down to the sound guy. Like the, if, if you don't have a sound guy who understands that, then it's going to be yeah a nightmare. But if you have like, like our sound guys are so well trained now that they'll know to have certain instruments, you know, sitting just above the tracks or as loud as the track. So if the tracks do drop out, you're not feeling this big dip. And then also our sound guys will be watching the, the praise or worship leader. Um, so if they, cause the praise worship leader is the one who will, if we want to cut the tracks, I'll be like, I'll be like cut the tracks. And so if they, if they watch that, they'll start fading the tracks out before it cuts and bring other instruments up. So it's a really, you gotta be so attentive as, as that front of house guy or the, or the stream mix person um, to notice that. But yeah, like in terms of musicians, playing the parts that are on the tracks as well, um, even though, like all the keyboard programming parts might be on the track. Still a good idea for the keyboard player to play that just in case the tracks drop out. It still sounds like, you know, relatively what it's meant to sound like. Um, but yeah, for me, that the answer to that question is it all comes down to the front of house guy pulling mm. the right mix. I'm sure you probably get asked this a lot while you guys are touring and all that, but would love to hear what would you suggest for a young person that's wanting to be a worship leader? Like what, what does that look like? What, what should they start doing <laughs> to prepare for that? Well, number one, serving. Serving is the best thing you can do because really that's what it's all about. It's all about serving the house of God. Uh, it's not about trying to elevate yourself to a certain position or anything like that. And I look over 
you know, my journey and that's how it started. It all started with serving. Um, and, and not, I never aspired to be the person in front of the mic worship leading, as you heard before, you know, I just did it because I had to, but I did have a love for the house of God and I was willing to do whatever I could. Um, before I was involved with Planet Shakers, there was a guy called Henry and I just took it upon myself just to serve him the best I could. Would always pack up his gear for him, load it into his car without fail every week. Um, because I wanted to serve the position that I felt like God was calling me to. And so I would say serve, you know, in your, even if it's a small church and you know who that worship leader is, serve them, ask them if they need anything, give them a bottle of water, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then, you know, practicing, obviously singing, you know, to be a worship leader, you want to be able to sing. Developing a gift is of, of course an important thing, but then the, the biggest thing that makes a good worship leader, in my opinion, is having spiritual authority because a worship leader is not just a song leader. A worship leader is a, an atmosphere changer. You know, you, isn't it amazing how one person can change atmosphere in a room, like de depending on what they carry. And so if, I want to encourage you, if, if you're a budding worship in, or inspiring to be a worship leader, find your authority in God and, and spend time in his presence, understanding the authority he's given you to change an atmosphere to, to speak into situations and, and really develop that boldness and confidence um, because people will follow that, you know, in a worship setting, if you, you're confident going somewhere, they'll follow you. If you're, if you're inconfident and don't know what's happening, then things can get a bit lost. But um, yeah, that's probably yeah. some good advice. Yeah. Yeah. What would you say about the, the patient side of that? Like, is, yeah. Okay. Sure. But somebody's like, yeah, but I, you know, how, how did you know, I guess in your aspect, is it just as, as doors open, you just walked in those doors? Like, how did it feel? Did it happen when you expected it to happen? Was it sooner? Was it later? <laughs> like talk about that process a little bit. I mean, for me, I felt like it was a natural progression, but I do acknowledge there'll be some people out there who feel like it's taking a long time for them. <laughs> and so what I would speak into that would be, you just got to trust God that he is the promoter. Man is not the promoter. God is the promoter. And if you keep trusting in God and, and having a good attitude, good heart, he will promote you at the right time. And if you don't get promoted, then it's not meant to be. Um, and so you just got to trust God that there's different remedies that we can say and, and encourage people with. But the, honestly, the best thing you can do is just trust God. Yeah, uh, Cause if you, true. if you, if you have that hundred percent trust in him, whatever happens is okay. It's like, and, and you just trust God's timeline. That's the best advice I can give. What would you say to someone um, who either is or has a person on their team that is a skilled worship leader, like technically vocally, um, but just doesn't have the energy like that. And, and you're, you're trying to like, I mean, you guys are known for like, you're probably the most energetic um, group. And when people think about the word energy, so like, how do you, how do you get people to like raise to that level? Well, if you, if you're talking purely just energy and getting into it, we will just, I will just call people out. So like, I, I constantly am in, and that's my role here in the main campus is I'm the music director here too. Even though I worship lead, I'm still a music director and I'll constantly just be challenging people. And, and it's people probably get annoyed with me, but um, I'm, I, I liken it like a guitar. You know, you can play a guitar lots. You still got to tune it. You still got to fine tune it. Even the best guitars in the world, they still go a little bit out of tune them as you play. So you got to keep tuning it and you, and it's a constant thing. And so I'm constantly tuning our team, you know, just, Hey, I need a bit more energy from you. Like I've got a little button on my microphone as I'm leading that I can press that button and it just goes to people's ears and I can talk to people. And so like, if I see someone during an, you know, we're, we're singing in the altar call time and, and they're not smiling. I'll be, Hey, come on. Are you happy over there? Give us a smile. And, and I'm constantly just challenging people like that. Hey, come on. That's a bit too still. You're a bit, you know, I want to see a bit more jumping over your BVs over there. Um, so in, in terms of that, I'm constantly just encouraging people. And I think the culture of our team is quite strong in that now. So if I was in a church and the majority of people didn't have that passion, I would approach it differently. I would probably look at really discipling them, seeing them down saying, Hey guys, what's our revelation in the Bible of praise and worship? Our revelation is not, it's not a planet shaker style. It's our revelation of the Bible that God is worthy of all our praise. You know, he's worthy of all our energy, all our passion. And as we read the Psalms and we see how David praised and, and, the, and that he just gave everything, that's, that's our revelation of praise. And that's why we do it. And so taking people on a journey, uh, that, that's why we get into it the way we get into it and give the energy that we do. Yeah. When you're, 
when you're like training youth, um, maybe like a high school team, or do you have uh, more specific things? You know, instead of just saying like, I need more energy, or you, do you say things like, I need you to move your feet more, or I need, you know, like, what kind of thing? Well, not really. I mean, we, we don't, we don't, we don't, we're probably not that strict in terms of you know, your left foot needs to be moving more. Um, but it's more like just, just in your own way, like express your passion, you know, don't, don't be still. Like some people like to jump. Some people like to dance. Like we're not going to make people jump instead of dance or dance instead of jump. Um, but as long as like, you can tell when someone's being reserved or not. So yeah. we just don't want people to be reserved. So in their own way, they just got to let that passion out. Yeah. Do you, do you feel like, like it's a culture that, that people kind of just catch from being around it? I, I think so. I think there is definitely part of that. But in saying that, I still feel like we are battling against the worldwide culture of, of just chilling out. Like, but even, even us all talking, you know, there's times where we just feel like not getting into it, you know what I mean? And just, just sitting there and taking it easy. Uh, but we push ourselves and we push the culture to keep, progressing you know i feel like it's with praise um in the church globally like a lot of churches we go to they don't even sing fast songs anymore they just go straight into slow songs right. and but we understand the power of you know celebrating like the bible talks about celebrating celebrating is meant to be a joyful occasion a fun occasion you know a party and so we we are going to keep pushing when we tour the world we're going to keep pushing that culture uh and, and try to stir up that celebration praise in, in churches that we go to yeah. Where do you see um, like worship heading in the next five, 10 years? Well, I, I just, I just hope that people would just get more and more soul saved, more people in, encountering God. I would, I would love to see the church get a revelation of praise globally. Like, like I just said, you know, I, I feel like for us, when we experience a great breakthrough time of praise, the worship times are even greater, they're even deeper. And so I would love to people for different churches around the world to get a hold of that and start celebrating and then bringing that life back to church um, because then people will just experience God in an even greater way. Um, yeah. I just want, I want more and more people to encounter the goodness of God and, and like we've all encountered this, but if you get in his presence, everything sorts itself out. You're going to be having the worst time of your life, but if you get in his presence, he, he, he works things out for you. And so I just want more people to encounter his presence. What, um, like as far as you personally, just um, what do you enjoy and like what kind of content do you like um, taking in? Like, do you, do you listen to podcasts or is there YouTube channels that you enjoy? Um, <coughs> I don't listen to anyone specifically. Um, I'll, like I, we, I feel like there's so much going on in our church and so many different messages happening with different preachers. There's enough going on in our church just to just constantly feed myself on that. Of course, I'm not against listening to other, other preachers or anything like that. Um, but I, there's no names I could actually give you because it's, it would just be so vast, like bits from here, bits from everywhere. But then I'd say 95% is just all what I'm getting fed here at church because there's so much going on. Yeah. Um, and musically, again, like it's, it sounds funny, but I don't often, because I'm in the studio, I'm listening to so much music. I'm mixing our own worship music. So then by the time I get to my own, free space i feel like i just need a break from music you know what i mean um just to refresh my my brain and then because i'm always listening to our praise and worship as well so i know that's probably not the most inspiring answer but that's just how it is yeah like what what other stuff other than music and other than church like i don't know do you mountain bike or ski or what you know like what are you what are you into well yeah i I'll do a little bit of golf i've only just getting back into a bit of golf with some mates um but i i definitely love snowboarding which I had a trip booked this year, but then COVID happened and all ever got all got shut down, which is so annoying. I'm pretty sure there's no COVID on the snow mountains anyway. Surely the COVID disease <laughs> dies on the snow because it's too cold, but they don't seem to think so. So that trip got cancelled. But I love, I love, love, love the snow. I've actually been to Lake Tahoe there, which is probably not far, real far from you guys, is it? Lake Tahoe. No, I'm, I'm a few hours. Chris is on the east coast. It'd be a bit of a jaunt for him, but yeah, I'm right. a few hours away from it. We're we're not able to go there right now either. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, but the, but the snow mountains over there are so much better than here. Like our snow runs are pretty small, but but I do love that. I love I love going to the beach because we've got a great beach here and great beaches here in Australia. 
Um, yeah, I'm pretty simple. You said you just, I thought, I think you just said you just got a new house. Did you say that earlier? Yeah. Yeah. Are you, are you going to build a studio in there? No, because it's literally four minutes away from here. Oh, okay. So it, it would be a waste to do that. And, and it is nice going home and having just the house, you know, not having to yeah. think about doing any of that stuff at home. So, but the great thing is if I need to do something, I've got, I've got like a scooter that I can just zip back here and yeah, it's good. Wow. Is there, um, is there like a, a thing between Sydney and Melbourne? Like, is there a competition? I always hear people talking about, I've only been to Sydney. I've never been to Melbourne, but is there, is yeah. there like, like, yeah, is, to a degree, it'd be like probably like LA and New York, I'd say. Okay. It's like LA would be like Sydney and New York would be like Melbourne. So, so Melbourne in terms of the city, like Melbourne is like, it's got the same sort of grid structure with all the roads, big high rises, a really dense like culture, you know, population where, you know, how spread out LA is. Sydney's kind of spread out too. Um, I'm born and raised in Melbourne. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'll always go into bat for Melbourne, but like Sydney's got the opera house and the, and the Harbour bridge, which a lot of tourists think that's amazing. But if they didn't have that, it wouldn't be worth going to Sydney. <laughs> so Melbourne is definitely got Melbourne is the fashion capital, the sport capital, the food capital of Australia. So it's just the best. Is there a big music scene there? Like outside of church? It, not in terms of American standards, like Australian music scene is, is a lot less than what you guys have over there. Uh, but yeah, it is, it's the music, it'd be the music capital as well. Um, but yeah, probably not on anything you guys have. Like, like to put into context, your, the, the American Christian music market is as big as our secular market here in Australia. Oh, wow. Like that's, that's how, well, that's just how big America is compared to what we have in Australia. Thank you so much for being a part of this week's episode. Make sure to head over to thechurchcollective.com and just check out everything we got going on over there. We'd love to connect with you.